Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Brand Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Brand Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollandbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 18 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. November 5th, 1971, is a day that Leslie John will never forget. It was the day that Queen Elizabeth II came to Swindon, a town located in the southwest of England. Along with the Duke of Edinburgh, the pair had come to inaugurate the Civic Centre, a development that had reportedly cost around £7.5 million. The M4 had opened that year providing the town with links east to London or southwest to Wales, bringing with it an influx of people and money. A reigning monarch hadn't visited the area since the mid-twenties, so as the rain fell on that cloudy day, crowds could be seen lining the streets of Regent Circus, with people waving flags and holding balloons, hoping to catch a glimpse of the Queen. As she addressed the public from a stand in Theatre Square, they watched in awe, oblivious to the constant rainfall as the heavens opened. While it was a day that sticks in the minds of many in Swindon, for Leslie John, she would remember it for a very different reason. On November 5th, her daughter Sally Ann was born. Raised in Swindon, Sally Ann, or Sally as her mother would call her, had a happy childhood. Much like any other youngster at the time, Sally Ann would ride her bike around the estate, 
enjoying walks in the park and family picnics. She was especially close to her mother. She was a happy child, but in her adolescence she grew rebellious. The more her mother tried to put her on the straight and narrow, the more Sally Ann wouldn't listen. Her mother would later say her daughter was simply influenced by the wrong people. While Sally Ann still remained close to her mother, the pair struggled to see eye to eye. In her early twenties, Sally Ann supported herself financially through on-street sex work in Swindon. Leslie, her mother, found it more and more challenging to come to terms with her daughter's decision on how she made a living, but they still remained in contact. She loved her daughter, even if she didn't agree with the choices she made. At the time, Sally Ann had a partner and developed a close circle of friends, often seen working around Manchester Road, only a short distance from Swindon train station and the taxis which operate outside. She was remembered by her friends as kind and quick to laugh. They said that one day she sought to build a new life, possibly with a family. But during one evening in September 1995, she vanished. The police were alerted, spoke with her boyfriend and visited her flat on Kimmeridge Close in Nyth Swindon where she was staying, but came up empty-handed. It did not appear as though she had taken any of her belongings, and police thought it possible she may have simply decided to build a new life for herself somewhere else, either abroad or still within the country. It was reported she was last seen around Aylesbury Street and Station Road. At the time she was wearing a black jacket, a short pink nighty style dress, black thigh-length socks and black shoes. Following a national appeal over the period of more than two months with Leslie John frequently in tears, her daughter was never tracked down. Thousands of people go missing every year, but it is almost impossible to pinpoint exact figures as some of those people do not have a support system of family or friends looking for them. Sally Ann John was 23 when she disappeared. However, with no new clues, she was declared a missing person, and that seemed to be the end of an incredibly tragic story. Christopher Halliwell was arrested in 2011 for the murder of Sean O'Callaghan. During his arrest, he admitted to killing Becky Godden Edwards, who he had picked up outside the Destiny and Desire nightclub in his taxi at the start of 2003. Although the venue closed its doors the following year, and it was only a short distance, around a quarter of a mile southeast, from Swindon train station and its taxi ranks. Alexandra Road, Aylesbury Street and Manchester Road are but a few minutes' walk away. While Halliwell would not face justice at the time for the murder of Becky Godden Edwards, as he wasn't cautioned or given access to a solicitor, the police now had a line of inquiry, as detectives and experts were almost sure that he had killed other women in the period between Becky and Sean's murder, 2003-2011. to 2011. 
This led to the media looking into all of the missing persons cases throughout Swindon for those individuals who bore some resemblance to the two murdered young women, either through appearance or circumstance. Former Detective Superintendent Fulcher, who obtained the confession from Halliwell, later spoke with the media and said that he would be astonished if Halliwell did not kill Sally Ann, as he noted that Halliwell was known to consort with her and live nearby. Becky Godden Edwards had made a living as a sex worker, as did Sally Ann, and they were both in their early 20s when they were last seen. David Wilson, a professor of criminology at Birmingham University, was later interviewed by the Guardian newspaper and spoke about Halliwell. He said, There was a significant gap before he killed Sean O'Callaghan. That is very unusual. The question he posed in prison over how many people you need to kill before being considered a serial killer is important. A lot of killers fantasise about that. They buy books about serial murder. They become fascinated with the phenomenon. In defending himself during his trial, Halliwell revealed his narcissism. You will love this speculation about what else he has done. If I was to have a cookie cutter and put it on the mass of male humanity, and say this was the cookie-cutter shape for a serial killer, it would be him. While speculation in the press wouldn't be seriously raised until 2016, after Halliwell was convicted of Becky Godden Edwards' murder, the police were making these connections much earlier. The case was reviewed by detectives in 2013, and during November 2014, it was reported that the case into the disappearance of Sally Ann was upgraded to a murder inquiry, though her body had still not been found. After a detailed review of her circumstances, it was thought that Sally Ann John was no longer alive. Detective Inspector Tim Corner from Wiltshire's major crime investigation team spoke with the press and said, 20 years is a long time for a person to be missing, and we are now working on the theory that Sally was murdered on or shortly after the 8th of September 1995. We are now working on the movements taken by Sally that night or shortly afterwards. There were a number of sightings of her that evening, and she was last seen near to Station Road. In the police service, the way we investigate and our methods bear no resemblance to 19 years ago. The changes in the way police investigate has prompted a review, which has brought up a number of new lines of inquiry in relation to Sally's disappearance. Those significant new lines of inquiry are being investigated and are now progressing. The detective stressed, however, that the reinvestigation was in no way linked to Operation Manila, an investigation into the potential criminal activities of Christopher Halliwell and his other possible victims. During this period, a team of forensic officers had turned up at his former home in Nive, the same area where Sally Ann lived before her disappearance, only a five-minute walk away. The press were quick to point out that it was an incredible coincidence that the efforts to find Sally Ann's killer were running in tandem with an unrelated investigation into Christopher Halliwell. As the news of the reinvestigation broke, 
several people contacted the detectives working the case. DS Corner said, In the last 24 hours we have been contacted by several people who knew Sally back in 1995. It's been encouraging the number of people that have come forward who knew Sally um, on the um, days up to her disappearance who have given us information which have provided uh, some interesting lines of inquiry which we're pursuing. While DS Corner would not offer any new details of what new lines of inquiry were being followed, he did say a team of detectives were dedicated to finding Sally Ann, with a number of officers visiting both Aylesbury Street and Station Road near to where she was last seen. Sally Ann also often spent time on Manchester Road, which the media had called Swindon's Red Light District. There is one source which places her at Swindon train station on the morning of September 9th, looking at a timetable. However, this sighting remains unconfirmed and does not form part of the official timeline. It is most likely a witness had just seen someone who bore a resemblance to Sally Ann. Police Constable Louise Kuklinski, who addressed the local press, spoke of the risk posed by Sally Ann in the years leading up to her disappearance and the risk faced by those people in her position today. There is no denying that sex workers, be that on street sex workers or those working in brothels, find themselves in a situation which carries significant risks. They are meeting complete strangers, both on foot and in vehicles, and are often being driven to secluded areas without anyone else knowing where they are. A few days later, Sally Ann's mother gave a heartfelt plea for information. Sally disappeared 19 years ago, and I still think of her every day. For years I've wondered where she could be and I have had to deal with the thought that she might have been killed. From Gable Cross Police Station, Leslie John spoke about her daughter and said, She was a bright and beautiful girl who could make anyone smile. She had a lot of friends in Swindon and many people knew her. I still cannot believe that in all these years no one has come forward to say where Sally is. We really want to know what happened to Sally, and someone in Swindon has this information, so I am pleading with you to go to the police. Sorry. In all these years, lives, lives change, and so do friendships and relationships. I know the police want to hear from anyone who knew Sally, and I would urge them to come forward. They may not have spoken to the police at the time she disappeared, but now they might be able to. This small bit of information might be the key to give us closure and finally knowing what happened to our girl. It won't bring her back, but it will ease our suffering. Please come forward and help us find Sally. She was a very bright and bubbly girl. She had lots of friends. She liked her sisters. Um, she was just very popular. She always was at school. Yes, I always thought when they told me all those years ago she was dead that was just a feeling I've always had and now they're doing it now they're doing it now I'm very grateful to them for bring, to starting this all over again 
So hopefully that we all can get closure one way or the other. But my first instance, instinct that all those years ago was that she was dead. Don't ask me why, it's just something I felt. I'm hoping that she's, she is alive. I, I mean, that is all our hopes, that she's alive. But if she's not, then we will have closure. As the spring of 2015 approached, from the Operation Maestro incident room, a team of officers dedicated to tracking down Sally Ann continued to visit all of her known acquaintances, trying to locate anyone she might have been close to during the time she disappeared. The investigating officer D.I. Corner said, The difficulty we are finding is that a lot of people we would like to speak to are no longer around for various reasons. Some have died and others have left the area, and that is the main problem with investigating something so many years later. Investigations are still ongoing, and we have a team of detectives actively working on this and conducting extensive inquiries. It is progressing well, but in cases such as this, which are 20 years old, it will naturally take some time before it is concluded. With Operation Maestro in full swing, later that year police would arrive at Sally Ann's former home on Kimmeridge Close in Nyth Swindon. The property was located in a cul-de-sac, believed to be Sally Ann's final place of residence before she disappeared. Two decades on, police are back at the flat that was once the home of Sally Ann John. A police tent and tape telling the public detectives believe this could be where vital clues will be found to explain one of Wiltshire's most baffling crimes. As well as number 10 Kimridge Close, officers are examining a garage to the rear, bringing in sniffer dogs from South Wales to aid their work. Detective Chief Inspector Jeremy Carter addressing the waiting press, spoke about Sally Ann's former home and said, although it was searched as part of the missing person inquiry, which was initially launched in 1995, The property will now be forensically searched by specialist officers. The search will concentrate on any items which may be related to Sally Ann or may assist in the investigation into her death. We will have a mobile police unit stationed in the area and will encourage members of the public who may have any information regarding Sally Ann's disappearance or information regarding the property to come and visit our officers. Renewed appeal posters will also be distributed in the local area, as well as areas that we understand Sally Ann was familiar with, including Station Road and Aylesbury Street, where she was last seen. DCI Carter took over the investigation from DI Corner, who had since moved on to another police department. He was determined to find answers. There have been a lot of advances in um, science, etc., during the 20-year period uh, since she initially went missing. And I'm hoping through the use of those techniques we will make some form of breakthrough. I remain resolute in uh, my intention to find whoever was responsible for the murder of Sally, and I'm absolutely determined that they will be brought to justice and we will leave no stone unturned um, in achieving that goal. Over the period of several days, 
A detailed search of the premises was undertaken along with the use of blood dogs and ground-penetrating radar. Several items were removed to be examined at a forensic laboratory. Detectives remained hopeful and were, quote, feeling increasingly positive following the searches at the property. The flat at Nye had been searched previously when Sally Ann first disappeared, but not in as much detail. Police were optimistic they might turn up something, perhaps a personal item that was thought lost, or DNA evidence which could be linked to the missing woman's disappearance. After a three-day search of Sally Ann's former home, police made a series of arrests. Three men, two in their early 50s from Swindon and another also in his early 50s from Chippingham, were arrested on suspicion of kidnap and murder. They were held in custody for 24 hours, but were bailed the following day. As police continued their investigation, Leslie John said the arrests had given her hope that she would get answers. Wiltshire police are keeping their cards close to their chests. They're not saying what new piece of information, what new lead has prompted them to reinvestigate the disappearance and probable death of Sally Ann John. But they are being clear about one thing. They say they don't believe that she was killed by the Swindon murderer Chris Halliwell, even though at the time of her disappearance when she was working along these streets, he was living just a couple of roads away. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Brand Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Brand Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. 
Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. While there are reported numbers of attacks on sex workers, they are likely vastly underreported, as those women do not have the protections that would usually be afforded in documented work. The risk of being assaulted while working is extraordinarily high. In one instance, a sex worker who chose to remain anonymous had been picked up from Manchester Road and taken back to the home of 54-year-old Barry Zavanro on County Road. The woman was brutally raped and assaulted. She chose to speak up and reported the incident to police. The case went to trial during September 2016 and Zavanro was found guilty. After the week-long trial, Detective Constable Matt Lewis praised the victim for bravely speaking up. Quote, It showed great courage by the victim in coming to court and indeed electing to give evidence in the courtroom rather than over the video link. She showed extreme bravery in doing so and she should be commended for that. Every person has the right to be protected by the law and that includes everybody, whatever their lifestyle. I would like to particularly thank the Nielsen Trust in supporting the victim through what has been a very traumatic time for her. Barry Zavanro was sentenced to eight years in prison and would be placed on the Sex Offenders Register for life. An outreach worker for the charity Nielsen Trust, who support those people affected by addiction and the multiple and complex needs that come with it, later spoke of how these women fund their addiction by turning to sex work. She said, I worry if I see these women. I worry if I don't. They face risk every day. They take it on the chin and move on. There is so much violence against these women. They are so vulnerable. There would be little movement on the case of Sally Ann's disappearance, with the three men who were arrested remaining on bail. They had been reporting to the police station each week for most of 2016. DCI Carter would tell reporters that over the last nine months, the three men arrested on suspicion of the kidnap and murder of Sally Ann John had remained on police bail pending further inquiries. He would also go on to mention the team of specialist officers from the major crime investigation team who were working tirelessly on the case following the searches at Sally Ann's former home in Nive. But in spite of the arrests, the men would never ultimately be charged. During February 2017, police would arrive at one of the former homes of Christopher Halliwell on Broad Street in Swindon. 
The property was located two and a half miles west of Nyth, but only five minutes' walk from the location where Sally Ann was last seen. Along with forensic tents, which covered the entry points to the property, black tarpaulin had also been taped across a gate placed in front of an adjoining alleyway. A security guard stood outside to ensure no unauthorised personnel accessed either the home or the surrounding area. While police would not discuss the detail of the ongoing investigation with the countless reporters and photographers that monitored the scene day and night, several papers were linking the searches at the address to Sally Ann's disappearance. The search of Halliwell's former home was not without incident. When Sharon Thomas arrived at the scene, and started to shout abuse at the forensic officers working at the house. The 46-year-old, who was a family friend to one of Halliwell's victims, lit incense sticks and began writing something on pieces of paper. She then threw the paper at the forensic team moving in and out of the property. Thomas scrawled Halliwell rot in hell on a nearby wall, and was protesting that she had no faith in the actions of the police. As she began to hinder the officer's ability to do their job, she was arrested. When in her cell, she was given food but threw the tray at the wall. She eventually appeared before a magistrate charged with obstructing a police officer and criminal damage relating to the tea tray she launched across her cell. Sharon Thomas was told multiple times to stop shouting throughout the short hearing as she claimed she was a victim of police brutality. She said the only reason that she threw her dinner at the wall was that she didn't like lamb. Sharon Thomas pleaded guilty to both charges. A month later, on March 20th, 2017, an episode of Crime Watch aired, which featured a segment that focused on the disappearance and possible murder of Sally Ann John. The programme interviewed those involved in the case and retraced Sally Ann's last known movements. Her mother Leslie John was interviewed. She said, It's a horrible feeling that your daughter may have been murdered because you can't do anything about it. I just want her found. I really do want her found. I want whoever did this to be counted for. And I'd like to know where she is so we can put her to rest. And then this whole nightmare be over. Sally Ann was last seen on Friday, September 8th, 1995. She set off with a group of friends around 9pm and police understood they wanted to work for a few hours until later that night. Just before 11pm, Sally Ann was seen on Alexandra Road by two police officers, Police Constable Cornelius and Police Constable Ware. Up to this point, information about the officer's sighting had not been reported in the media. This wasn't the only new information police revealed. A postcard that looked to have been written by Sally Ann was sent to a friend of hers stamped with the date Monday, October 2nd, 1995, and implied that she was in London. 
writing in blue ballpoint pen. It read, Dear Clive, Thought I'd write as I heard you've been missing me and that you were rather worried that something had happened to me. As you can see, I'm in London now, but no one compares to you, big boy. Love, Sally. Printed on the white side of the postcard in the top left is London in capitals and Tower Bridge below that. In the bottom left is printed A101. The date the postcard was sent is stamped in the top right, along with the initials TB in the top corner. Thomas Bernacci Limited London is printed below that, and further down is what looks to be a company logo for Storia Dizioni. The company's website, which is in Italian, mentions they produce illustrated books, tourist guides, museum guides, postcards and souvenirs. It wasn't until the review that police analysed the postcard. A handwriting expert compared the writing on the card against Sally Ann's address book and found that the postcard looked to have been penned by someone else. Police considered that this person was somehow connected to Sally Ann. Either they were someone who had been involved in her murder, or they might have been forced to write on the card under duress. On Crime Watch, Detective Sergeant Don Pocock understood that a great deal of time had passed, but appealed to viewers asking for any information that might aid in the inquiry. Voicing his optimism, the detective would later say, we hope that the appeal on Crime Watch will encourage anyone who might have known Sally all those years ago and has information they have not yet reported to police to get in touch. He continued, It has been nearly 22 years since Sally disappeared. I appreciate this is a long time, and no doubt friendships, relationships and lives will have changed dramatically since then. But if you have any information about what happened to Sally, it could be the missing piece in our jigsaw. A reward of £25,000 was also offered by Wiltshire Police upon conviction of the person or persons responsible for Sally Ann's murder or the successful recovery of Sally Ann's body. The link to Christopher Halliwell was raised on Crime Watch, and the detective said he would keep an open mind. Two weeks before the episode of Crime Watch aired, a friend of Sally Ann's coincidentally also called Sally Ann gave an interview with the Mirror newspaper. The two women lived together shortly before Sally Ann disappeared. Her namesake had left Swindon five months earlier as she became pregnant and did not want to continue earning money as a sex worker. Remembering her friend, the now mother of four said, Everyone used to call us the two Sally Anns. When we weren't working, we'd go to the pub and do karaoke and have fun. The photo of Sally Ann in the red top smiling was taken by me. Every time it pops up on the news, it brings it all back. She was such a bubbly, happy girl. She was funny and always smiling. I still can't believe she is gone. The last time the two Sally Anns spoke, Sally Ann's friend tried to persuade her to leave Swindon too, but Sally Ann wanted to stay to be close to her mother. 
It was only when she had later begun a new life and had a new job that she was contacted by officers during September 2016. I miss Sally Ann terribly, she said, but she was part of my old life. When police told me she was missing and they were treating it as a murder, I felt sick. I had no inkling. I can't get it out of my head. It is haunting me. I want to help find her so she can be laid to rest. The fact the two women shared a name and lived at the same residence was not the only connection they had. After being told that her friend had disappeared, likely murdered, the other Sally Ann began researching the case and slowly realised that Christopher Halliwell was a previous client of hers, though she did not know him by name at the time. Halliwell had reportedly picked her up on Manchester Road and driven to a secluded spot. As the pair became intimate, Halliwell put his hands around her throat. Feeling threatened, she told Halliwell that she wasn't comfortable and got out of his car. She walked back towards Manchester Road and Halliwell drove off. The other Sally Ann has since spoken to a number of other women who Halliwell had paid for sex in the Swindon area. Quote, They said it was frightening because it could have easily been them. Also, another interesting connection is Halliwell reportedly had been paying Becky Gordon Edwards what was known as a stay-in fee. This would involve her staying the night with him rather than her looking for other clients. Sally Ann's friend was confident that Halliwell had been doing the same with her. Sally Ann would go on to approach the police to give them this further detail about Halliwell. However, in her words, they didn't seem interested. She was told there was no link. Former detective Stephen Fulcher and Sally Ann's friend were not the only ones to raise links between Sally Ann John and Halliwell. Karen Edwards, Becky Godden Edwards' mother, also highlighted the possibility that Halliwell might have been involved. In a book she had written called A Killer's Confession, she brings up the links not only between Halliwell and Sally Ann John, but also Halliwell's potential ties to Claudia Lawrence, a chef who disappeared from York in 2009. Karen further voiced her frustrations with Wiltshire Police, as they contacted her asking if she had withheld information. Former detective Stephen Fulcher had also written a book titled Catching a Serial Killer, in which he included details that Karen Edwards had obtained while trying to find more information about her daughter's killer, Christopher Halliwell, who at the time could not be prosecuted. Karen had in fact passed this information to Wiltshire Police, but heard nothing and only gave it to Fulcher, as he, in her words, seemed to want to listen. The years have passed, but the grief has not. Sally Ann worked in the Manchester Road area, Swindon's red light district. She was last seen alive on September the 8th, 1995. Halliwell admitted murdering Swindon office worker Sean O'Callaghan in 2011, and investigations continue to see if he was responsible for others. Police began... 
so where are we now? Despite several public appeals, three arrests and the countless theories about what might have happened, Sally Ann John remains missing and detectives are almost certain she has been murdered. If you or anyone you know has any information about the disappearance of Sally and John, you can contact Crime Stoppers in the UK on 0800 555 or visit their website crimestoppers-uk.org. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. Details on this episode can be found in the show notes or on our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TWAU underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram and Facebook under They Walk Among Us podcast. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. 
Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.